When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to The Solo Collective with me, Rebecca Seal. Today we're talking about career progression and I know that when you're working solo, thinking about our careers can feel simultaneously really scary and completely baffling and almost pointless too because our careers are so weird sometimes and so non-linear and so potentially unexpected and non-traditional. How can you plan for that? How can you make any kind of plan it feels like sometimes? But... Today we're talking about how we can actually make all that stuff work for us and why it is worthwhile not necessarily having a plan. Perhaps you have a plan which is more like a life plan that you kind of retrofit your career into to fit around your life. Or perhaps it's that you have really great mentors who can help you and keep you accountable and ask questions of you about what you're doing with your career or your business. For this conversation, I decided to talk to James Mitra. He's the founder of JBM, a values-driven executive search firm, and he's the host of the 40-Minute Mentor podcast, which is about to launch its sixth series, which is so impressive. The 40-Minute Mentor is all about mentoring, and James talks to leaders from all sorts of different industries about the mentoring that they've received, how they mentor other people, and what the best advice they've been given and can give is. So he's really in this world. He really understands how people shape their careers. There are loads of different ways in which career progression can happen. Obviously, we're not talking about careers which end in a corner office, so this stuff is all quite new and, and, it, and it's moving fast and it's changing. But just because we work by ourselves doesn't mean that we can't make the most of what people in the corporate world might have. But it's all on our own terms. So it doesn't have to be binding and it doesn't have to be restrictive and it doesn't have to be scary. So I think this is actually quite an exciting conversation to be having. James, thank you so much for joining me on The Solo Collective. Thank you for having me on, Rebecca. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. What do you think that those of us who work by ourselves might not know about the way in which we can think about our careers? Because I think sometimes when you work by yourself, you get into a sort of tunnel where you, you can only think as far ahead as the next deadline or the next project or the next pitch. And it's quite difficult to think strategically or long term. So... Is that what we need to do more of? Or are there other tricks from kind of more traditional career progression ways of thinking that we could apply to how we work? I actually think there's from both sides of the fence that those in more traditional corporate or you know, bigger company companies can learn a lot from uh, those that have a solo career. And I think the other way around, I think um, one of the most important things, regardless of whether you work for yourself or you work in another company is actually about having the right mentorship and, and seeking out mentors because I know I set up my business when I was 25 and I worked by myself for the first two years and I guess I I really had no idea what I was doing and um, <laughs> and, 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 I, and if I'm honest I, I love the freedom I love the 
the creativity I had and, um, you know, I liked being a master of my own destiny, but I also was like unbelievably out of my depth. And um, there were so many things that I just didn't know who to speak to about and so many mistakes I made. And, and, and in hindsight, it came a little bit further down the line, getting a mentor was probably the most kind of important thing that I did. And I did that in the form of creating a little advisory board for my business. So I cheated. I didn't just get one mentor. I got three, a three for the price of one. Um, so, so I think first and foremost, if you are, a, if you are, if you do work for yourself, whether that's as a freelancer or, you know, you have a portfolio career or, or whatever, I think, I think seeking out mentorship is incredibly powerful and really, really useful. And that can be somebody that is kind of, uh, being very successful in your field or it could be someone that is is has just more experience than you or has done something you're looking to get into i think the great thing about mentorship is it comes in many different forms and i think it's as much about having someone that you respect that you can kind of use as a sounding board that sometimes can hold you to account and ask the difficult questions and keep you honest and, and other times it's just about learning from somebody else and having like just somebody else to go to. And like, you know, so you're not going crazy as I did in my kitchen in Clapham for the first two years, just kind of talking to the walls and um, annoying my very supportive wife. Oh, that's also familiar. Yeah. Solitude, talking to the walls and annoying a partner. It's interesting because sometimes the reason why we go solo is because we don't want that kind of thing. We try and escape some of that more formal corporate stuff when we go solo. Um, and actually, however much you hated annual reviews um, and targets and things like that, sometimes some of them, especially if they're on your own terms, can be really useful or transformative even, more than just really useful. But I think for a lot of soloists, maybe because our natural inclination is away from kind of corporate structure, we really shy away from that stuff. And so it's really good to hear a story of when it was actually genuinely useful, because I think the more that we hear that, the more that we might be convinced to adopt some of that stuff ourselves. I really got very disillusioned with corporate life, and I left it relatively early into my career. And I swore I'd never work for anyone again. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. You, you you set up on that path and it's very hard to go back. Like you, you, and why would you? You, you know, you, you're your own boss, you're you are in control and like things are on your terms. But then you also that doesn't mean you know all the right answers. And it certainly means that that uh, I think there are times when you do feel a little bit isolated. Uh, and and that, and that's why I've really found that very useful. It doesn't mean I'm gonna do everything they say. Uh, and, and it doesn't mean I suddenly don't have the, the freedom, not at all. And that's why they're an advisory board. And frankly, that's why I'd call them mentors. They're not telling me what to do. They're just giving me their perspective. And, you know, and a lot of the time I will listen to it and I'll action some of it or maybe all of it, but, but, but not always. But it's just that additional perspective. That makes a lot of sense. And I guess also what you're saying about not necessarily having to take the advice, it's it's not that they're obviously they're not going to tell you what to do but sometimes the the more important thing is that you start thinking about things in a different way or interrogating a an issue or a question and I'm guessing it provides a level of kind of personal accountability because you've got to have a conversation you've got to have something to say every quarter about what you're doing. Rebecca you're completely right and that's I think I coasted for a little while because it was just like it's me and it's I just you know I know what I'm doing and I'm just cracking on with it. And then like just that little bit of added external pressure 
just forced me to slightly correct a few things and just be a little bit more on it and um and that that just that just made me a bit more efficient frankly and and that i guess that's what we need to think about when we think about career progression isn't it it's not necessarily going to be well it's almost certainly not if you're a solo worker going to be a ladder which is clear and obvious and has kind of steps that you will take and then will end in a you know the cliched idea of a partner in a corner office with a window kind of thing but what you're talking about is very precisely still career progression, even though it's it's maybe for some of us it's non-linear and for some some of us it's not going to have a kind of specific endpoint in the way that, I don't know, being a consultant gastroenterologist would have or something like that. You know, it's 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 gonna be a bit wiggly, I guess. I mean, careers aren't, especially solo careers, aren't linear. And actually, why would you want them to be? You know, the careers now, we're working so long and and that doesn't need to be scary and depressing. That can be really exciting because it means you could have multiple careers and it means you could try stuff and fail and like embrace new new things and new learnings. And I think for myself, actually, when I set up on this adventure on my own and now my team is, you know, it's, we've got a team of sort of five or six, so it's, it's still not a big business there was a very strong chance that I was just going to stick by my, by myself for the whole time. Um, and, but, but actually I've pivoted the business. We've grown, we've shrunk, we've done all these different things and I'm doing other things on the side. Like I guess my own soloist type stuff, whether it's advisory work or, or podcasting and that it just opened such doors. And, and I, I don't think you need to have that traditional career ladder uh, I think as long as you're developing, as long as you're learning new things, meeting new interesting people, um, yeah, I think I think you can get huge satisfaction from that. And 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 it keeps. I think it's about opening doors, and that's what I find wonderful about you know taking conversations like this and like meeting new people. It's amazing if you put yourself out there. It's amazing what opportunities arise, and I think you just have to seek those things. Let's get down to kind of like nitty gritty technique stuff that people may be able to adopt. Do you think that having a five or 10 year plan is a worthwhile endeavor for a career? I used to, and I used to have a five or 10 year plan, but I think we've all realized, especially in the last couple of years with the, the pandemic, that things change. And I think if you're really, really set in stone around a five or 10 year plan, you could probably get quite demoralized when that is curtailed by you know, many other things in life that get in the way. So I, I personally, I've, I've stopped having a plan. It doesn't mean that I'm not like thinking to the future. Mm. Um, I have a loose idea of where I'd like my business to be in the next three years. And that's kind of the horizon I tend to look at things. I'm like a three-year trajectory. And when I'm talking to candidates about careers, I think it's okay to have that kind of three, five-year horizon, but not be too fixated on X and Y. Like it has to happen by that point. I think some of the best experiences, whether it's in a company or on your own, just kind of can take you off in weird and wonderful ways in different directions. And I think you should, if, if you've got that entrepreneurial mindset um, and that doesn't scare you too much, then that is a wonderful thing and can, you know, really lead to you know new careers and new experiences. I think that's true. I quite like doing something a little bit more I don't know, blended, I guess would be the word with life and work. So I, I do do a thing where I make a, I make a plan for what I want my life to look like in 10 years time. And then I sort of backfill what that might mean in terms of what work I'd have to do. I totally agree, by the way, I'm a personal, having those personal goals. So my daughter's five, it gave me a whole new 
perspective and uh, I guess actually motivation and drive for my business and and actually I'm now like I have things on the horizon whether it's you know just just making sure financially we have a she set for life like there's certain little things like that and that we moved out to the countryside to have more space and there are certain things that had always been like I had used as like okay I need to achieve this so if we work back from that when it comes to my business what does that need to look like I definitely I think there's real value in that because I I mean I guess I did a slightly opposite thing in that I was like if I'm going to be a parent how much do I want to work and how much do I want to parent like where what will I give up work-wise in order to be more of the parent that I want to be and how like how can I balance that financially um so that was quite an interesting question over where my career would go in the kind of early years of my kids life and I think that also raises some questions about gender and you know, who has to make those decisions and who thinks in what way. And we were quite lucky in that we both went down to a four day week when um, when the kids were small. And I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, how much do I need to earn in order to make X happen? Sometimes it can be how many, how few hours do I need to do in order to, you know, what can I cut in order to be the outside of work person that I want to be. So it's kind of like, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we often think of career progression in terms of growth. And actually, sometimes it doesn't need to be about growth. Sometimes it could be about sabbaticals, or it could be about taking a year off to go traveling, or it could be about taking time out because you've got small children or, or whatever it is. Like it's it's quite nuanced, isn't it? And it's important that we don't forget that it's not always just about like driving forward, onwards, onwards. Definitely. And I think one of the things I've always said about my career in uh, recruitment doesn't always have the best reputation uh, and I think one of the things why I've always tried to make our business uh, different and, and in terms of the people we attract to hire and work for us is by by looking at it as you can change people's lives by doing what we do and that's not you can make a massive commission by getting them really big salaries it's actually about you can give them time back with their family you can you can you, you can give them a role that's going to just bring joy to their life you can you can you can do all sorts of things like that and I think that's yeah a lot of our like the world I'm in is, is money 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 but actually increasingly whether it's people leaving permanent jobs to go freelance and just follow their passion which I love it when people do that or just just people leaving bigger corporates to go work for a you know an amazing entrepreneur that's trying to change the world like actually what people want to do, uh, the vast majority of motivations we when we talk to candidates are driven by doing some good and like and and like non-monetary things. And that that has been a massive shift in the last few years that I've seen. And so it's a really, it's a really good point. Um and frankly for me in lockdown, I think I was I I worked too long, you know when my daughter was young and it was mainly out of fear of like not being able to provide so I worked really long hours and you know I wasn't as present as I should have been and frankly wanted to be and then you realize you know particularly with lockdown I don't know why I ever commuted and now that's to it's totally changed my whole attitude now I'm still working long hours because we all are we can't escape the office but actually carving off those important times to have meals together as a family do the school run do reading at bedtime every single day and just spend quality time and be present. That is my priority. And now it's about how do I fit my work around 
those important things, which I missed out on, you know, for the first few years of my daughter's life. Yeah, I think it's been it's been profound the shift, and I'm really I'm really hopeful that the way in which we think about work is going to change in a way that sticks. Um, and I, I you know I think the I think the signs are good. I think I think the signs are good for how we're going to think about work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So is there a way of kind of figuring out, I mean, maybe this is something that's so deeply personal that it's almost impossible to answer, but is there a way of figuring out when you're on a career track or in a particular path, like when, when it's not working and how to move? Um, so my experience of this would be when I took voluntary redundancy from the Observer newspaper, where I'd been working for six years. And my identity at that point was so, this is like 13 years ago, my identity was like so tightly bound with the idea of being a journalist at The Observer that I kind of, I almost couldn't unpick myself from the job. And so when it came to deciding whether to leave or not, it took like months and months and months of really quite agonizing, surprisingly agonizing thinking. It worked out really well and it's been brilliant. And I'm really glad that I did ultimately leave. Um, but I wasn't probably going to go very far there. It's quite a difficult place to progress. It's quite a difficult place for someone who joins when they're really young to kind of move upwards really quickly. Like, you know, it's very competitive, lots of brilliant minds there. So quite difficult to stand out. So leaving was was totally the right thing from a progression point of view. But how do we sort of generally analyse that stuff? Because I, I just felt so stuck at that point. And I feel as though a lot of people have similar experiences where you're like, I can't work out what the thing to do is. Like, I've got this thing, this job, which is paying my bills. I don't know whether to gamble on something risky or if there's even any other job out there for me. Like, how do we, is there a good way of getting our brains around that stuff? I would say, and it's easier said than done, but I would say don't let it get to that point where you're, you're that kind of do I don't I type thing and it's a big big call because getting a job is like a full-time job you know it really is if you do it if you're doing it right it's it requires huge time investment and it's mentally draining and I think therefore if and this is the mindset shift but if if and this is not saying you should leave your company all the time because I think too often now people are moving around all the time and actually there is something to be said for sticking at something for a while and building some skills and you know, networks and, and track record. But there is nothing wrong with keeping an eye out all the time and talking to people and building relationships with the recruiters and, you know, keeping a toe in the water. So that is one thing I would say is that always have that because, especially if you work in a company, you don't 
yeah, they, frankly, you don't know, like they will, if something changes dramatically that's out of your control, they probably won't think twice about just making you redundant or whatever, because those things do happen in business. So actually you, you need to protect yourself a little bit and be a little bit selfish. And what that, that doesn't mean like firing off applications left, right and center. But I think what it, what it does mean is, you know, building networks in the space that you're interested in. So whether that's following your passion outside of your current industry or building upon what you already knows, I think continually evolving your skill set, And that can be literally just through like reading, learning, like online learning, podcasts, whatever. There's so many ways you can keep evolving. So I would be always looking to kind of keep upskilling, keep like at the forefront of what your industry or passion is. And, and that's so I have, newsletters I sign up to and I make sure that I try and just keep okay with the industry I work in the tech startup world I listen to podcasts linked to the things that I'm passionate about um, and then I try and regularly talk to people in my world so I'm not very unlikely to go work for another recruitment firm but I do make it uh, you know I do think it's important for me to talk to other recruitment owners and find out what's going on and just kind of continually and it may be just like once a quarter or maybe once a month but just making sure I know what's going on. So I would say like, if you can just start building that into your life and just make that normal, then that becomes a lot less scary thing when you get to the point where you're like, I need to change. And the other thing about doing that and putting yourself out there and having those sorts of conversations is sometimes that is when the best opportunities come up when you're not expecting them. But because you kind of put yourself out in the universe as being receptive to opportunities, then it, it just kind of sometimes has a wonderful way of just coming about at the right time. Don't wait and actually just be a bit more proactive. And I think the other thing, which is a, is a bit of a given in, in this day and age, depending on your industry, but in my world is things like LinkedIn. It's just keeping your network up to date on LinkedIn, keeping your profile relevant. And that way you'll always get inbound. And if you're getting inbound, it doesn't mean you have to action it. But it does mean if you start to get to the point where you think, actually, I'm I'm ready for a change, then you don't have to start all over again and add more work to whatever is a, you know, whatever is already quite a time-consuming process. So I think there's just those little things that I would think about doing. Another thing to think about if you're you, you want to get ahead of the curve when it comes to career progression things is actually to become a bit of a thought leader in your space, and that might be that you post once a week at the same time something about your subject matter and and what that will quickly do is is build an engaged audience and i think whether that's you do that or you do it through a podcast or a newsletter or you know events that i think just becoming known for something and, and and doing it like with the right consistency helps and that's what i i guess i've ended up doing is just i decided to double down on linkedin i can't handle any more than one platform um and then i just i post most days and some content does well, some doesn't, but it's just kind of trying to, you know, bang the drum about mentorship and careers and, and entrepreneurship and, and just stuff that interests me. And, um, you know, as a, as a result of doing that regularly, I get quite a lot of interesting connections now through it. Uh, and that, that, that could be beneficial, um, I think, for, for those sort of tentatively thinking about making a move. I don't think this is necessarily something that I've given enough thought until very recently. I mean, I'm 40 now um, and I probably should have started thinking about 
skills a bit sooner. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I've got lots of skills, but I'm not sure that I've ever tried to kind of optimize them or kind of increase their their breadth or weight. Um, and I and I guess one of the things which kind of comes into my mind with all of this stuff is kind of how do we not find time exactly for this stuff, but how do we prioritize time for it? Because as I said at the beginning, you know, there's this tunnel situation when you work for yourself where you're just kind of, or a hamster wheel perhaps, where you're where you're just like, oh, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. How do we how do we make time to upskill? Because I without sort of saying to my family, I'm going on a like a upskilling retreat for a week and I'm just gonna do that and you can all just leave me alone. Like I, yeah. I can't I kind of can't imagine it happening. But I also know that the more that we understand the value of things, the more that we do tend to tweak our behavior and change things. And I think you've got to be really careful with what you choose and where you invest your time because it is precious. And especially if you're doing, if you're working for yourself, like, well, depending on the industry, like delivering for your clients can be the most important thing or, or whatever it is. So my view is, and, and if I take myself, I love reading, but actually, I actually these days only really read novels when I'm on holiday and like in the summer. Um, and that depresses me a bit, but I've realized actually I just, as much as I try, I fail. And so I'm going to protect that time for those holidays and enjoy smashing through a few novels. And actually instead in my kind of, I'm going to put aside time to listen to podcasts one, because I have a podcast and it's good to upskill and listen to others. And two, because it's a, it's a medium that I find, it works for me and and I and I, I find I consume things better through that and I learn a lot and I get a lot of inspiration. That is really helpful actually because I write about food and I write about drinks which means I write about wine and beer and cocktails and spirits but I also write about personal development now and I write about families and about, I write about work um, and um, so I have yeah newsletters and some of those kind of um, bulletin news, not newsletters in the kind of long sense, but the kind of like 10 headline type newsletters. So I have some of those that come in and some of them are from the wine industry and some of them are from really kind of niche little areas in the wine industry about kind of grape harvesting or whatever. Um, and and I guess maybe I just should cull some of them because I, all I end up thinking is like, oh my God, there's so many and I don't know anything about any of this. <laughs> And I don't yeah, read any it's of them. Overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. I I literally so funny you say that. I called two newsletters today because I realised I've got like five in my inbox that are coming in most days, and I don't read them. So instead of feeling guilt about it, just get rid, and then you won't see it, and then you know you're none the wiser. Uh, I like we have to protect ourselves a bit here, I think, because it's like life is all consuming, and you're getting stuff thrown at you left, right, and centre. So. I think like we all need to be kind to ourselves when it comes to like development and developing. And that's why I think if you can go after, if you can, those little pockets of time, if you can carve out time for yourself, for your self-development, even if it's just a little bit of time each day or each week, and then focus in on stuff that is either really going to help your, your kind of career or is going to make you happy. Like maybe that's a starting point. And then maybe like, Maybe you can increase that over time, but I think just little little pockets, you know, will help start that kind of that process, and, and maybe it evolves from there. Do you think, like, aside from getting stuck, do you think there are ways in which we sabotage ourselves when it comes to career progression? I mean, the first thing that I think of when I think about that is fear, um, like just being 
just being terrifying <laughs> to do yeah. to like try and take the next step. Um, but are there other things that people do which kind of stall them? We often see very talented people just, yeah, frankly, yeah, just not believing in themselves enough to to, to ask the question for a promotion or put themselves up for promotion. Um, I think historically that's been seen as something that men are much more willing to do, and and frankly is 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 not the way it should be. And and I think so. That's that's definitely a, a good one. I think not knowing exactly where you want to go or having a uh, being too vague about your aspirations and skills and just trying to be a bit of a, a bit of an all-rounder it in some roles like I, I recruit coos being a generalist is a really good thing but you need to have certain spikes but a lot of the time where we see candidates uh, suffering is when they just they're they're not like in 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 this climate particularly for tech companies they want really strong product managers from e-commerce backgrounds or whatever and um you do suffer you can suffer if you're a bit of a generalist or not you haven't got clear enough in your mind what you want to do and that's the thing about motivations if you're going to apply for jobs or if you're going to move forward in your career you need to be it's so competitive right now not to paint a depressing picture but it it's it's an exciting time there's more there's more opportunity than ever whether it's um as a soloist or or in a company um the tech companies evolving all the time and startups being set up on a daily basis but it is competitive for those really exciting opportunities so you have to be so clear in why you want to move to a company and what skills you bring and be really articulate in the way you tell your story and so one common area that people fall down on is not not doing the necessary prep or due diligence and actually investing the right amount of time and that might be because they're just really busy but when it's when you get a shot when you get an interview if you ha if you haven't invested the time properly in researching and if you're not maybe working with a recruitment partner that knows what they're talking about some of those things can be wasted opportunities um so there's there's tons there that i see people sabotaging themselves around um and it doesn't take that much to do uh, but sometimes if you're applying to an interviewing for hundreds of different things you're not giving each opportunity the right focus. But that's so challenging, right? Because I'm just thinking back to when I was applying for loads of jobs um, when I was about 23 and I was just really struggling. I mean, that was another, back then was another moment where the job market was particularly challenging. And A, I was young, so I didn't really have a very clear idea about what I wanted. But B, I would literally have done anything. Like I was, you know, doing everything from applying for internships at red top newspapers to charities to, um, you know, press departments for non-governmental organisations to like radio broadcast internships. Like, and like unsurprisingly, I don't think I got a single interview but at the same time, I didn't know what else to do because if I applied for 50 jobs, I wasn't getting them. So the idea of applying for one with real intent is, is so hard. It's really hard. It is really hard, especially at those sort of more junior levels. But I think it's where if you can find good recruitment firms or use your network. If you know people, even as friends or families or whatever, sometimes just getting a foot in the door is helpful or just some insider advice. This is where I think you can be smart and that's talking to people in 
companies that, that do what you want to do or or just getting some perspective and again it comes back to this point about mentorship or people that can help you that have been there before or been through that cycle like there's no magic wand when it comes to getting a job there really isn't but there are certain things you can do to help yourself and that's like having it quite clear in your head what you want to do and then using the different methods to to try and give yourself the best shot of getting that job and that is optimizing your presence and getting a really good cv together it's it's working with select recruitment firms if you can or if you have those contacts or you know try and build some relationships long term it's using your network as much as possible um, to help you and that doesn't mean get you a job but it's like helping you whether it's interview prep or getting you to think about different questions to ask or just like feedback and, and mentors 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 who can just be that sounding board and push you forward and I wish I could say that it's just like one thing, but it's a combination, isn't it? And I think it's also worth ending this on a positive note, which is that it works out in the end. hundred percent. Yeah, of course. It really, really does. And I think, I think our careers are long and we can do different things. And it doesn't mean your first job has to be your job for life. It's about taking things from each experience. And, and I think doing some of the things we talked about, just continue to evolve your network and continue to explore and, go after things you're passionate about you're interested in learning about and you know opening yourself to opportunities because it's amazing what what can come from that brilliant james thank you so much it's been a real pleasure talking with you so thank you ever so much for coming on the solo collective it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much rebecca i think the key message here is that solo workers, even though we're almost certainly not in a traditional career path, can use some of the techniques from traditional careers to get ourselves moving ahead, um, however fast or slow we might want to do that. And I think it's kind of important not to ditch all of the corporate stuff like um, networking and mentorship and career progression and um, lifelong learning and all of that stuff that maybe you know gives you a little bit of a shiver because it sounds so sort of formal um, but actually it can be as informal as just reading a newsletter in the morning so it's not as though you're going to have to do anything that different to what you do every day anyway um, so I think we should make the most of it I think we should we should embrace some of this more corporate stuff and um, and see it as an opportunity rather than as something to kind of be slightly afraid of. You have been listening to The Solo Collective with me, Rebecca Seal, a Chalk and Blade original produced by Fatuma Keira. The senior producer was Laura Hyde, original music by Dee Plume and engineering by Matt Nielsen. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.